The healthcare industry has undergone transformational change in the past 10 years, especially as it relates to the implementation of technology. Even so, there's much more to do and many companies are out there doing it, but you don't know about them. At Intrepid Healthcare, our podcast will bring you the crazy ones, the rebels, the troublemakers, the ones who see things differently. The people that are crazy enough to think they can change the world in healthcare. So sit tight and enjoy as we tell the story of another thought leading trailblazer. Welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation about a healthcare company that is passionate about doing just what its name suggests, modernizing medicine. We're going to get right to it today. We're joined by Dr. Michael Sherling, co-founder and CEO of Modernizing Medicine. Dr. Sherling, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much, Joe. I really appreciate being here. I'm actually the Chief Medical Officer of Modernizing Medicine. My co-founder, Dan Kane, is the CEO. Perfect. Thank you for making that important clarification, and thanks for making the time today. Before we begin oh, appreciate our, it. Sure. Before we begin our discussion, could you take a little bit and inform the audience about you and your background? Absolutely. I came to the tech world a little bit non-traditional path. I'm trained as a physician. I'm a dermatologist, trained up in Yale and Harvard, was on faculty there, and moved down to Florida. I was in private practice and started modernizing medicine really with a chance encounter of a patient who happened to be my co-founder, Dan Kane. And we founded the company uh, in 2010 and grew it now to over 420 employees with the goal of saving physicians time and really coming up with a superior technological product. Outstanding. What was that inspiration that got you two to co-found Modernizing Medicine? Well, I always wanted to do something creative and innovative, and in medicine, it's very interesting to, to train and to learn, but after a while, it gets very rote. You treat the same types of conditions over and over and over again, and I always wanted to use that other side of my brain to really develop something new, and it really just presented the opportunity was having met my co-founder who had done it before, and he grew a company called Blackboard as a college student at Cornell to a, a billion six. And so he's a techie entrepreneur and really kind of opened the door for me. Very good. I understand at the core of your product is something called the electronic medical assistant. Could you tell us what that is and what makes it different? The electronic medical assistant is like an electronic health record, although it anticipates the needs of our physicians and helps them through their day. So it really shows the physicians what they need to see, when they need to see it, and it documents notes for them, it calculates bills, it really does all of their documentation needs. Perfect. And so this isn't just your average EMR. This is an EMR plus what? Absolutely. Emma's really specialty-specific, so a lot of health records really all one-size-fits-all, so they're uh, basically just a blank canvas where physicians can type whatever they want into it. Our EMMA is 
specialty specific. So day one, it comes with all of that medical knowledge that they need, and it has all of the diagnosis information, the history information. It also has a different platform. So instead of relying on typing, it is touch-based. And so we use our primary form factor as an iPad, and physicians can just touch the clinical information into the iPad in seconds, and it generates all of the outputs that a physician needs. So it's really a 45-second interaction instead of maybe a 10-minute interaction, which is what a standard electronic health record experience would be. Dr. Sherling, I've spent the last six years on the forefront uh, fighting the battle that keeps getting delayed with ICD-10, and I'm just imagining as you describe the content being embedded into the EMR that your product is probably pretty ready for ICD-10. Can you talk about that at all? Absolutely. So ICD-10 is a new standard that's coming to the United States physicians October 1, 2015, and the rest of the world has had years to use these diagnostic codes, but for most American physicians, this is really the first that we, we're going to have to grapple with it. And instead of 13,000 ICD-9 codes, which is the current uh, diagnostic coding system we're using today, will expand into 120,000 ICD-10 codes. Most physicians really can't memorize that many codes, and so they'll rely on books and software like crosswalks and things of that nature. But what they don't tell you is your top 50 codes in ICD-9 translate to about 1,000 codes in ICD-10. And so our approach was different. We decided to embed ICD-10 within the clinical diagnoses themselves and automate things like diagnosis, location dependence, and things like that simply in the user interface. So our doctors really won't have to do much different in the ICD-9 world when ICD-10 comes. Because, again, the way our system works, it's diagnosis-driven. You put a disease such as acne on the face or folliculitis on the back, and then based on that, it'll generate the most specific code that it can without having to ask the doctor to click it in or crosswalk it in. So that's the right way to do ICD-10, a way that doesn't slow physicians down. Got it. How is it that you go to market? Are you selling to physician practices? Do you go to the, the end consumer to patients? How does that work? We market directly to the practices and the physicians themselves. We have a direct sales force, and we sell our product as a subscription. And so that puts the onus on us to really make sure that our customer service is great, that we continue to innovate, because our physicians, if they don't like our product, they can just stop the subscription. So that really keeps us honest, makes sure that we continue to innovate. Great. On our show in the last six months, we've had a large percentage, I'd hazard to say almost 50% of our guests have been somehow related to telemedicine. Why do you think after 25 years, telemedicine applications are surging now? We're just waiting for the right technology to catch up. I think that telemedicine as a concept is very important. I think patients really want access to their physicians. Physicians want to have access to their patients and make crucial diagnoses in a HIPAA-compliant way. There just didn't exist, one, uh, the right technology, which I think we're seeing now with cloud and mobile applications, or, or two, the right reimbursement model, which I think we're still not there yet. And I think as we get 
the right reimbursement with the right technology, I think you'll see physicians and patients really adopting telemedicine as the right medium for taking care of patients outside of the clinic. Are you finding use cases for your product with telemedicine? Absolutely. And just to say, you know, I'm personally a physician. I practice dermatology. I use my product. Physicians all across the country practice some form of telemedicine today. If you think about it, our patients call us all the time. They ask us questions, and then we respond to them usually over the phone. But the right way to do telemedicine is to have it seamlessly integrate with the health record so that we can document our encounters with the patient and we still have access to that critically important information like their past medical history or the medications that they're on or the allergies that they have or what they've tried in the past and whether it worked or it didn't work. And I think that's really one of the key advantages of having a telemedicine solution that seamlessly integrates with the health record. And so we are launching our telemedicine application. Really within the next weeks, it's going to be in beta and within the next couple of months should be generally available. I think the key differentiators for us and our product is it's one platform, the health record and the telemedicine product are really one in the same. We have native iPad, native iPhone, native mobile Android applications for patients to take pictures of their conditions and forward them on securely in a HIPAA-compliant fashion to the physicians themselves. And for the physicians, completing the documentation of a telemedicine encounter is seamless. It's simple. It, it can be done within seconds. And I think that's what physicians are concerned about. They don't want to have more documentation outside of their clinical visits. And some physicians that are a little more traditional are concerned that this new telemedicine paradigm is going to just put more work on them. But then when they see there's an opportunity to take better care of their patients, that maybe they don't have to come see them for every single follow-up visit, but also an opportunity to get reimbursed for the time that they put in, I think we'll see a catch on. Well, I'm imagining as a dermatologist, I'm just feeling like there's a real opportunity in your practice for someone to do something simple like you described, take a picture, send it to me, rather than come sit in my waiting room and have me look at it. The time saving on both your behalf as a physician and the patient behalf could be huge, especially for those that you might just say, hey, monitor that, and if it gets worse, come into my office next week and Probably for 80% of the people, it doesn't get worse, it gets better. Exactly right. I mean, you as a patient trying to get in to see me as a dermatologist, I might have a a three- to five-week waiting period, and oftentimes someone will get a rash, and it may completely clear by the time you finally get to see me, and then the interaction is something like, hey, I have a rash, and now it's gone. And I'm like, well, why don't you come back when it comes back? <laughs> and with telemedicine, you can take a picture of that rash when it's there. You can forward it to me. I can take a look at it. I can give you an answer. I can prescribe you the right treatment. And you don't even have to leave your living room. And I think that's the beauty of dermatology or teledermatology. There's different types of telemedicine, as you've mentioned. There's what we call store and forward, where patients take pictures of what they have and they forward it on to their physicians. And that's an asynchronous type of telemedicine. What's great about it 
is that it's convenient for the patient. They could take a picture whenever it's convenient for them, whether that's after work, before work, at lunchtime, or on the weekend, and then forward it over to the physician. And then there's synchronous or, let's say, live video telemedicine where you have a camera and you're interviewing your patient remotely in a HIPAA-compliant fashion. In dermatology, patients understand what's wrong with them because they can see it. And if they can see it, the cameras can take the picture of it. And dermatologists often formulate their impression of the diagnosis, the differential diagnosis, based on the visual cues that they see on exam. So it is the perfect modality for patients and for dermatologists since it's so visual. Telemedicine may not completely translate for other specialties as well, or at least the store and forward method may not, but certainly synchronous telemedicine might be a better option for those methods. But for us, we're very excited. I'm personally excited as a physician to be able to finally diagnose my patients' rashes when they actually have them as opposed to five weeks from when they have them. So we're excited. But beyond dermatology, we focus in the surgical subspecialty space. And so we have products out there for ophthalmologists, for orthopedic surgeons, for plastic surgeons, for otolaryngologists, the ENT doctors. And with them, I think there is a great opportunity also for store and forward telemedicine. And that is when these patients get operated on, oftentimes they have to come back in for what we call a wound check. And patients can get nervous with any symptom or sign that comes up in the post-operative period, sometimes pain is normal initially, but maybe pain a week later isn't. Sometimes a little bit of redness around the wound is okay, but wouldn't it be great to take a picture of that and be reassured? And so I think really in all of these specialties, store and forward for post-op patients, I think will be a huge benefit and value add Uh, Now the patients, they're not feeling well. Uh, They just had surgery. They don't want to drive 20 minutes just to have someone take a look at their wound. They can now snap a photo and then forward that on. And so I think dermatology, I think post-op scenarios, as well as maybe even cosmetic scenarios where maybe the patients and the doctors just want that additional touch point to say, hey, your procedure's looking good. I want to make sure that you continue to comply with the post-op care. I think telemedicine would be fantastic for that. With that, Intrepid Healthcare will return with our guest, Dr. Michael Sherling, after this quick break. We'll be right back. CTG Health Solutions is proud to have been your trusted advisor for healthcare IT consulting services for over 25 years. In that time, CTG Health Solutions has provided healthcare strategic, technical, and operational consulting support to more than 600 healthcare provider and payer organizations. CTG Health Solutions satisfied clients are supported by some of the most talented healthcare consultants who have chosen CTG Health Solutions as their work home in large part due to the company's outstanding culture. As they say, the proof is in the pudding. CTG Health Solutions was named a Modern Healthcare Best Places to Work company again last year. Find out more about CTG Health Solutions and their world-class culture by liking them on Facebook or stopping by their website at www.ctghs.com. 
we are back with Dr. Michael Sherling, co-founder and chief medical officer of Modernizing Medicine. In the early part of my career, I was really involved with radiology when it was going digital, and I lived through the first adopter, second adopter, and then when it finally became mature. One of the things that we learned in, in radiology was you have to change the way you practice to implement a telemedicine solution. You don't have the same practices because, for example, in dermatology, you have a new queue to manage. This is the queue of pictures coming in. What's been your experience so far with that of helping physicians understand how to do the management of the new queue and how to engage with patients via telemedicine? Absolutely. So the way our system works is we have certain scenarios that come into the queue and we screen for the patients. There are certain types of things that we don't recommend patients send to telemedicine. For instance, if a patient has a fever or if they have a bleeding mole, which could be an early sign of a life-threatening cancer called melanoma, we recommend that they see their doctor in person or they go to the emergency room. And these are built into the product so that physicians don't get something inappropriate into their queue. But once they pass those initial screening tests, patients can then take a picture of what they have. So they'll take what's called a close-up picture, which is a picture within a foot of, maybe maybe it has a, an arm or, or, or a leg, and they'll take a faraway picture. Because in dermatology, you really need to see where the rash or condition is across the entire body to know what the right diagnosis is. So we'll have the close-up and the far picture. That'll then get cued. And it's up to really the practice how they want to handle the queue. They can have their existing patients be queued for the primary physician, or maybe a couple of physicians that want to practice telemedicine will be assigned all of the patients. And it's really up to the practice how they want to do that. Um, They can see in the queue. They can sort based on when the telemedicine request came in or by type. They have different ways of managing that queue. As soon as they activate the queue, the patient gets notified in real time so they know that someone's working on their condition. And I think it's really important to have that kind of functionality of telemedicine. And so we use push notifications in the iOS and Android devices so that patients know, hey, a doctor just took your case and is working on it, as well as any status updates such as the doctor has rendered a diagnosis, please log in to your secure portal to read more about it. Or the doctor has made your diagnosis and is prescribing you this medication that you can now pick up at X pharmacy. Or the doctor recommends that you do additional blood work or the doctor recommends that you come in for a visit. So those types of status updates, I think, will really connect the patients to the practice so that it isn't this black hole where they submit a case and there's no expectation of when that will be delivered back to the patient. Got it. You mentioned the exciting launch of the telemedicine functionality. What else can we expect from modernizing medicine in the next 6 to 12 months? That's a great question. We are very interested in telemedicine, obviously. We're also interested in patient engagement as a whole. So we are revamping our whole patient portal to 
to really provide opportunities for patients and their practices to to connect more. One of the things that we really want to improve upon is what we call outcomes. And so physicians want to make sure the patients they're treating are getting better, and the patients themselves want to know they're getting better. And so we've instituted something called outcomes where physicians can track a patient's progress. And traditionally in some areas of medicine, there isn't a standard for physicians to measure how a patient's doing. And that sounds so obvious that there should be, but typically physicians use the words better or worse for a patient's condition (laughs) instead of a static global assessment. A static global assessment is kind of like a medical thumbs up or thumbs down, but it's over a five-point scale, one, two, three, four, five. And if we all speak the same language, and at that point in time we can rate how a patient's condition is and agree upon that, then we can figure out what the interventions are and whether they're actually getting better or getting worse. And we've solved that through EMMA outcomes, which is the way physicians rate their patients' diseases. But we want to get the other half of the equation because it isn't just about what the physicians think. It's about what the patients think. And the patients should agree or disagree whether their conditions are getting better or not. And improving telemedicine, improving patient engagement allows us to really look at the patient outcomes and the surveys, whether it's their conditions getting better or not, whether it's their quality of life. And so look for us to improve that aspect of our platform over the next 6 to 12 months. Sounds very exciting. We have tremendous success in the specialty markets. We have about a third of the U.S. dermatology market, so a third of the dermatologists and their extenders use our platform and the dermatology. We also have tremendous success in ophthalmology, where we have over a 1,000 ophthalmologists. We recently acquired a company called GMED, which is a gastroenterology-specific EHR, and we have thousands of gastroenterologists now coming onto our platform, and we look forward to bringing the best aspects of modernizing medicine's cloud and mobile solutions to that user base. But all told, we have about 10,000 specialty-specific providers using our platform, and that's something we're very, very proud of, and we want to improve and add services that make their lives easier, so whether that's a software solution like telemedicine, whether it's a services solution like revenue cycle management, these are things that you can expect from us expanding over the next 6 to 12 months. Sounds like you guys are going to be really busy. We look forward to catching up with you in 6 to 12 months and see how it's going. Hey, I really appreciate it. Good deal. Looks like we're running out of time here today, though. Before I let you go, where can people go to learn more about modernizing medicine? We'd love for you to take a look at our product at www.modmed.com. There you can see interactive demonstrations of EMMA, which stands for the Electronic Medical Assistant, and that's a solution for our providers. You can also learn more about our telemedicine application there as well. Great. That was Dr. Michael Sherling, co-founder and CMO at Modernizing Medicine. Dr. Sherling, it's such a great pleasure to have you. Thanks for sharing your great knowledge with us. Thanks so much, Joe, for the opportunity. We look forward to catching up soon. 
Absolutely. And that wraps this broadcast. On behalf of our guest, Dr. Michael Sherling, I am Joe Lavelle. And we'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare. Mm-hmm.